This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, Alice Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Halfback passes to the center. Back to the wing. Back to the center. Center holds it. Holds it. Holds it. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play. That is that. What a shot. Oh, my goodness. Far post for Shearer. Goal. McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection. And a goal. sense that the season is slipping away hmm. our third game of the season against Walsall gives town their best result out of the three and that's as much as I can give you Walsall secure their fifth nil nil draw of 2023 and Swindon were more than happy to oblige here to discuss and he was there it's Dan hello Dan oh, I'm miserable Rich it was yeah just ugh, meh <laughs> let's um let's go through the motions like Swindon and Warsaw. Let's, uh, let's... <laughs> I'm more than happy to just spend the next half hour just doing silly noises like. <laughs> <sighs> well, it was that kind of night, wasn't it? Oh, it certainly was. Um, luckily for me, I was on watch along duties, um, and despite my connection issues what an absolute delightful evening i had i had pen and pad ready to detail all the key moments in the game dan just like you would for me and then it was like has anything happened yet and then i gave up and the only thing that i wrote was johnny williams i have no idea what the context (laughs) to that was yeah Uh, before we get going you went was it a lovely evening at least um well yeah it's a bit bit of a race to get to the best cup um over Birdlip Hill and then 
we anticipate a bit of traffic as you come towards Birmingham, obviously. But yeah, we got in the ground in fair fair amount of time, lined the pints up, and um, yeah, I'm glad we did because uh, the pints and the bolty pie were um, were probably the highlights of the evening. Um, so yeah, big shout out to the the Warsaw uh, chicken bolty, which uh, I think. Well, I, I certainly had one before the game, one at half time, and I had one in the League Cup fixture. So that's three Warsaw chicken bolties for the season, which, um, yeah, it's probably the fact I'm talking about chicken bolty pies uh, is about the extent of the evening's fun because uh, then the football started. Ruddy football gets in the way of a lot of good days and nights, doesn't it? Three chicken bolty pies, Dan, that's insane. Yeah, well, I mean, it's been a big year for me and uh, the best got. I've been on the pitch, um, been part of a 4,000 following there. I've been part of a 400 following there. And then last night, a hearty, what was it, 883, travelled up from Swindon. And it's a fantastic turnout. More, wasn't it? Oh, I think there was more tickets sold in advance. It just tipped over the 1,000. And I think uh, the figure I saw on the night was 883. But no, magnificent effort from the Swindon fans again, coming out in their numbers. Um you know, given where we were in the table, I think we wanted to see a bit more gung ho, a bit more gusto. You know, recognise the position we we're in, which was we had to win. At any stage during the evening, did you look around the best score and think back to that fantastic day in May of last year where the vibes were just lovely? Oh, don't yes, that got a few mentions: Egbo, Payne, McCurdy, Davison, Reed. Oh, that was a good side, wasn't it? Hunt at left back. That that side had quality. And I think what we'll come on to later um, when we dissect the game in more detail, you know, I, I don't think there was any lack of effort or endeavour from the Sunderland players last night. But what there was, and, you know, we've come into this realisation post-January, is actually this squad we've got right now, there is a lack of quality. Um you know, in a year where you're looking to kick on from losing playoff semi-finalists, we're in a position post-January in the season after where, you know, arguably this this is a pretty naff squad for, for, for where we want to be, for where we want to be, which is winning League Two every time we're in League Two, let's face it. Yeah, that, that's the key bit. It's where we want to be. Johnny Williams was the only player who started... Last night, who played or started in that uh, great day in May? Uh, Bryn in goal, Hutton, Lavinia, Bruitt, Clayton, McEachran, Darcy Williams, and he was also captain, Wakeling, Shade, and Jeff Cott. Later, we would see Hepburn, Murphy, Minton, Austin, and Kane get on. Uh, no appearances for Copland, Adeloy, and Kaji again. So there was some heavy rotation in this game, which I, I think was logical. Uh, it didn't really make any difference. But what were you thinking? Because, you know, you were getting flashbacks and fears to that that League Cup lineup. Uh, it was never going to be that dramatic. But what did you think of the lineup before the game started? Um, well, I wasn't against a bit of rotation, actually. I think Austin's performance against Carlisle at the weekend probably warranted a bit of a sit-down, coupled with his sort of ongoing years. Um uh, Shade, I think on the strength of his cameo against Carlisle, that was that was probably warranted. And Hepburn Murphy's had a, a troublesome couple of years in, on the injury front, so seemed entirely sensible to use him off the bench last night and keep him fresh for 
for Rochdale. Darcy, again, oh, not necessarily against it. You know, you've got a squad, use it. And at the top two portions of the pitch, in midfield and the forward line, we don't really have any injuries. So, you know, I'll kind of ruin the fact our patched up defence um, has performed reasonably well lately. But the thing we're not doing is sticking it in the back of the net or even creating hordes of quality chances. So, yeah, for the for the midfield and the forward line, I think it was a pretty pretty damning night, actually. Um, yeah, th- those fringe players who came in, Jeff Cott, looked... To, I mean, about the only mitigation I'll give Jeff Cott is he looks like he's suffering from the same issue as Charlie Austin, which is just a complete lack of supply. <laughs> and playing as the solo striker through the middle, like Austin, you know, you, you're not getting a kick. And then when you come deeper to try and get involved... You're then 60 yards away from the goal. Yeah, Shade, really disappointing on the night. Um, not building on some good cameos off the bench. Later. It's a real shame because, yeah, I just don't know. It's kind of, was that his first start under Morris? I think it was. So he's not really taken that opportunity. And you would argue that Austin suffers from what Jeff Cott <laughs> experienced yeah. and then Jeff Cott's just back in the back in the role, which I'm sure you know he probably won't start at Rochdale, but it, it's no different to what Jeff Cott experienced before Austin arrived. Absolutely. Yeah. Um I suppose the, the difference is at least I was looking back earlier and in the month of October, we did squeeze four goals out of Jeff Cott. Um so there was some service once, you know. Think of that excellent Hutton cross for Jeff Cott to score against Hartlepool. You know, us running riot in the second half against Mansfield. A bit like your kids are running riot in the background at the minute, Rich. Um, yeah, just... I don't know. I, I The thing I've noted down here, ready, ready for the pod, is just, you know, if this is the Jody Morris way of playing and he does want a front three, you know, central striker and two wide ones, we're going to need a different kind of striker. That is something you can say right now. I've been banging the drum all season. We had to recruit someone like Josh Javison or Tyree Simpson in the summer. We didn't. Got to January. We feels like we put all the eggs in the in the Austin basket. Um, and we still don't have a striker who can play with a back to goal, a la um, Davison or Simpson. So it's it's a major hole in the squad. Um, and, you know, I was watching the game Saturday against Carlisle and Amari Patrick at sort of six foot three or six foot four, whatever he was, you know, he's not had a stellar career. He's, you know, he's not much of a player, but just gives you so much presence just to have that physicality, that body mobility up front, which I think in this formation, someone to do the donkey work through the middle of the pitch and get hold of the ball would be so invaluable because it would help you play higher up the pitch. It would help you secure the ball. It would give Sol Brin an option to to kick long. Because again, last night, repeatedly trying to play out through the centre-backs and the full-backs, another side, you know, and not a good side at all, Warsaw. Another side you could just squeeze up the pitch, make it hard for you to play out the back because you have no out ball. And it's... Oh, I don't know. It's just... Last night was just so flat. Oh, very, I mean, it's one of the dullest games I've I've seen Swindon 
playing for quite some time. And it's getting really frustrating watching opposition in League Two, some above us, some in the same position as us. But having that player that we need in a role that we need to fill, that we've needed to fill before January. And here we are. Yes, it's um, you can't say it's unfortunate. You know, we've we've built the squad we've built in the summer. You've then had a month-long window to correct any faults in the squad, um, and we've not done it. So, yeah, I mean, on our heads, beer as a club. Um, but no, the the other thing I want to say, and again, it's a different day, it's a different opposition. Carlisle were a lot more ambitious, um, as as you would be second in the table in good form, but. If we'd have brought that Carlisle performance into last night, I think we win the game 2 or 3-0. Because like Terry and yourself on the pod, uh, post-Carlisle, you know, there was there was plenty to like, actually. I thought, you know, barring taking the gun and shooting ourselves in the foot in the 95th minute, um, and then some foibles with the, uh, the zonal marking, you know, that was a pretty good performance against Carlisle. And... Anything near that standard last night, we'd have won comfortably. It's a shame. It's a shame. A couple of listeners' contributions to get the ball rolling on the game itself. John Saunders observed that both teams could be still playing now and still see no goals. Rob Dinsey says both teams lucky to score nil. And James says the match was poor. As Grant and C. Grant stated, both sides look nervous. We play too many passes instead of running at players into space. Didn't play high enough. Link-up play was lacking. Too many players not on the same wavelength. Timing is off big time. So before we press record, we were trying to sort of jot down what happened in the first half. And the answer was not much. No. I mean, sometimes you could label it as being, you know, KG, two teams feeling each other out. But really, you've got to call a spade a spade. It was two well, mid-table sides lacking confidence going forward, both fairly solid at the back, and it was just dull. It was just a dull stalemate in the first half. Lavinier was about the only chance of no cutting in on his right foot from left back, a long-distance shot, which was comfortably saved. There was a hairy moment for Sol Brin, um, where he let a ball trickle under his body through the mud, which, you know, was rightly given as offside. The player he flicked it on last was probably three or four yards off. You know, on, on another day, that could have been a, a sticky, sticky moment for Sol. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean... Just, Come on, love. He's waiting for half time, really. He's an opportunity to get another bolty pie and a cider and try and spark the evening up a little bit. But yeah, I don't know. I, the redeeming feature, you know, because you look at the side, we went with a back four opposed to the back five from the start against Carlisle. So you did have the extra creative and forward body on the pitch. And in the shape of McEachran, Williams, Darcy, Shade, Wakely, Jeffcott. The attacking output should have been much better. But the final bits never clicked last night until that last 10 minutes of the whole match where you could say Swindon put on some genuine pressure and had three or four spells of, you know, attack after attack, attack you know, attacking throw in corner. It was so just, yeah, disjointed. And the, the moment 
that really sticks in my mind. Swindon on the counter-attack, a couple of smart passes out from the back in our sort of right-back position. Hutton, clever little ball into Shade, which, you know, actually put Shade three or four yards clear of the defender tracking him. And at that point, you think, go on, Shady, bomb on, like attack the box. And he checked that. And you just think, oh, you're quick. You're a winger. You've got the physical attributes. But the whole side, it was just cautious. They checked when they could. Little risk taken. It just, it didn't quite stack up with where we find ourselves in the table, which was going into this week against a Warsaw side who haven't won since New Year's Day and then up to Rochdale who were bottom. No, this was the week we had to go and grab six points. We were kind of like, it's it's gone now in the last pod. And I've said for a couple of weeks that I don't think we can squeeze into the playoffs and rely because we can't rely on more than two teams dipping out of the top seven. And you were kind of like, now, nah, if we get six points, which is completely doable against Walsall and Rochdale, then then it's it's on. For that to happen, you need your football team to be on the same wavelength, really. And yeah. there just there just wasn't any of that, was there? There was no urgency. No. Um you know, you used an analogy earlier in the week. You were talking about a nineties T V show driving school and you know, Swindon were less Formula One and much more Maureen just guiding it round, um, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> what a show that was, by the way. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Was that the plan? Was the plan to st- stick in the match and try and nick it? Because it looked like it. Or was it a night where all the good intentions of playing football and being slick and attacking with verve, it just didn't come off because of the the lack of quality, the, just the disjointedness that we've mentioned. There, there were moments through the game where with more composure and more quality, there was, I've mentioned the shade one where he should have bombed on and had the freedom of the pitch. Second half, lovely move, which led to Hutton being played in on the right wing. Could have either driven into the box himself. Um, as it was, he went for the cross and just overhit it, but not just overhit it. Like, he stuck it in Birmingham. Like, <laughs> and these are good players. I don't understand. It's just, oh, football, eh? Football, bloody football. I, I can't believe Walsall are only five points behind us, given the run they've had. Oh my, I, I know. <laughs> oh. You know, we're closer to Walsall than we are the playoffs at the moment, um, which probably sounds about yeah. right. And, you know, to what you said, I, I was slightly bullish two or three days ago I was thinking well actually if you had to pick two fixtures this week Walsall away with a good away following and bugger all home fans I don't know what that 5,700 crowd was about there must have been three and a half thousand people in the ground if that it was really dead yeah um you know Walsall away haven't won since New Year's Day and then Rochdale bottom league that was you know go and grab it by the horns get your six points and then we'll talk uh, but you know what we, what we've seen last night it just it ain't happening is it um and i'm fully there now as well fully there with yeah. you i think you know with 11 games left it's only fair that people sort of still have some sort of hope 
that that something can be done. But it, it for me, even though it's not an exact science, it just feels like we've been here before and quite recently where we spend weeks going, well, if we do this and the 10 teams above us do this, then we're in the playoffs and it never goes that way. I mean... I've I've seen the comparisons to Bristol Rovers and that they're on a they were on a similar run of form or similar point tally at this point this time last season and see what they did. But as I've said all season along, that was a freak of nature, a once in a generation sort of series of events and a team that had fight in them. And I'm not saying Swindon don't have like the desire to move on, but we just if you want that run, you've got to beat Walsall. Yes, a hundred percent. Bang on. But yeah, I mean, what did Bristol Rovers have up front? They had goals. Um, and I, I wrote to you offline earlier, didn't I, Rich, saying of the 19 games that I've seen this season live, not in the Chateau, like actually in the ground, I've seen 17 goals. I've seen three wins. Now, admittedly, I picked my games badly. Like I was away in London when we beat Grimsby and I was away on holiday when we beat Rochdale. I missed Mansfield away because I had to look after the kids and stuff. So, But, I mean, most of those games are at home. And we're talking about being on the fringe of the playoffs. How have I seen three wins from 19 games? How have we only scored 17 goals? It's been miserable for me. I just want a bit of joy. The listenership are just saying, please don't go anymore. Like, yeah, well, yeah, let's, let's get a GoFundDan together, yeah. When's the cricket season start? Good news, everyone, because uh, we have our first, well, my first indoor net of the season this evening. And then uh, first first friendly is on the 15th for the 22nd of April. So uh, I'm sure we'll put together five straight wins in the second half of April. Mm, that would yeah. be good. Yeah. My connection really let me down throughout the game, which really, and, uh, was really galling when you put your 10 quid down. And and as I, as I re-emerged, just as injury time was starting, I was gleefully told that I'd just missed like the best three minutes of the game. <laughs> so what, what happened here? I know Austin went close, but when, when I saw that, it, it didn't look like it was ever going to threaten. I think month was, was well in control. Yeah, well, um, yeah, let's try, and, let's try and attack the second half with the kind of verve that Swindon didn't. So that, post uh, the halftime team talks, there was a brief stirring but it wasn't much there was a couple of Warsaw players uh got themselves into the book to stop promising Swindon attacks um you know I mean the fact they had a couple of players booked seems remarkable Swindon didn't get anyone booked it was just a nothing kind of game no argy-bargy no real physicality I think the, the key moment if you call it that was the substitutions on 73 minutes which you know, in the stands anyway, we'd been calling for at least sort of 10 or 12 minutes before that. Um, so on came the cavalry, Austin for Jeffcott, uh, Hepburn Murphy for Shade and, ah oh yeah, Minton for Lavinier. So just managing Lavinier's comeback. So switch to the, the 3 5 2, uh, Wakelin to left wing back. And then, I mean, Jeffcott must be hating life because as soon as he comes off, we actually started playing with a front two of Austin and Hepburn Murphy. Um, and it was better. It was better. Sort of minutes 81 through to 94, we actually had some proper pressure. Um, you had a a better chance than it looked for Hepburn Murphy on his head. Sort of, you know, if he'd got a proper connection 
could have threatened the goal. It skimmed off his head wide. Uh, a Ronan Darcy shot from distance, which at least drew the keeper into a a save. You had the the good move, which led to Hutton being in down the right and the overhit cross, which is very frustrating. Um, and of course, the chance you mentioned a moment or so ago, um, left wing cross for Frost in near post. He did get across Montfer, but it was you know it would have been a very very good finish from there. As it was, he got a fairly good connection and kind of um, a yard or two wide. Um, yeah, too little, too late town. Um, if only we'd had that kind of thrust and those spells of pressure earlier in the match, I think it probably would have told. But, you know, all around the pitch, I think I would give credit to Tom Clayton and um, Tom Brewitt, the two Toms at the back. Um, Brewitt in particular, some lovely tackles in the first half. Clayton, very steady. McEachern was the outstanding player on the pitch again at centre midfield. Um, my friend, um, who doesn't come all that often, was with us last night. He said, you know, this guy, this guy, where the hell have you got this guy? You know, he's like left-footed Louis Reed incarnate. Um, but yeah, you know, superb again from McEachern on a bit of a sticky pitch and an underperforming teammates around him. I think Lavinia, given it was his first game back, you know, we'll cut him a bit of slack. I think he did okay. I think Darcy, you know, sneaks a six out of ten. I think there was a lot of trying, a lot of energy, but just didn't really come off for him on the night. I think if you're looking at bad nights, Tyree Shade really missed the boat on impressing uh, his new gaffer. Jeff Cott, but, you know, a bit like an astronaut without his helmet on. You're not going to blame him for being starved of oxygen. Um, like, what did you expect Jeff got to do? <laughs> Through that match? Exactly. Yeah, I completely um, agree. Wakelin, kind of in the Darcy bracket. Loads of honesty, loads of endeavour. Never stopped trying right to the death, but some heavy touches in situations that demanded better touches. Trying to beat players and you know, dinking it past them, going out for goal kicks. It just... Another night where it didn't really come off and Hutton got in some great spots, really good spots. But yeah, when you cross like that, you you waste you waste those positions, unfortunately. So yeah, I think that the overarching theme is for those fringe players that came in, you're looking at the underbelly of the squad looks like it's lacking quality for where we want to be next year now. We, I think, like we said, we can write this year off. Um, yeah, and, and unfortunately, I think what this means is there probably will be a fair bit of churn in the summer. Absolutely no way there's not going to be. On the, on the point of Tom Clayton having a steady game, I do read a lot. Not a lot, that's not, that's not right. I do read a few criticisms of Tom Clayton in the last couple of weeks. Um, do you have any idea why? My own personal view, I think he's been... He's been pretty steady um, since coming back from injury. Gives you the left-footed centre-half, gives you a bit of balance. He's good, fairly good on the ball. Yeah, I mean, Clayton's not the problem, folks. Um, I think next year, with a full Morris brand pre-season under his belt, he's going to be a, a mainstay at the back. Uh, I think Brewitt, we, we should talk about Brewitt, because given he was, you know, let's be fair, the dregs, 
you know, the March free agent market in two 90 minute performances, I think you potentially you found yourself, you know, one of your four main centre halves next season. Um, you know, depending on how ambitious we are, you, know, you might not be a, a starter, but you know, if this was pre season and he was a try list, I think we'd all be saying, sign him up. So, um, you know, he's only going to get fitter with the games and it'd be another one that benefits surely from a, a full pre-season. But I, th- I think we found one in Brewer and I think we found an excellent one in McEachern. So there's a, a couple of green shoots. I think Minton performed um, admirably when he came on again. So we got about 20, 25 minutes um, on the right of the back three. I, I think we're almost in the territory now where, you know, in the 11 games left, we need to be playing Minton for... 11 of them, frankly, just let's get as many games into him and try and set him up to hit the ground running for the start of next year again. But yeah, the, 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 we're going to have the opposite problem this summer, Rich, I think, because some of the lacking quality squad players, Darcy, Shade, I hope I'm not being too mean. You know, Adam Lawyer, he didn't get on the pitch, but if you know, let's face it, he's not up to scratch. Um, yeah, you know, they're under contract. And so you're now trying to get rid of players with no market value to clubs who are going to have to pick up pick up the rest of their contract at Swindon. So, yeah, I mean, the onus really is on Morris and Brand to work with these players, you know, do their job, coach, improve. Um because yeah, as we're showing, we you know we've not been too flash in the uh, in the transfer market this year in terms of wages paid and uh, amounts of money spent. So I can't see Swindon suddenly becoming lavish in terms mm. of budget. I, I'm in that angsty stage where I find it very difficult to coo over a mid-table Swindon Town squad. Um, you, I think your point on Brewitt is fair. You know, he's come out of nowhere. He's trained for a couple of weeks and he, he's putting in performance. A lot of fans loved a certain tackle last night. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's all well and good. But I, I, I still, to a degree, think we've got away with the, the defensive crisis because since everything started going wrong with the fitness of our defence, we've not been bombarded Um to a degree that I would want to exploit. Orient didn't hit us too hard. It was too. It was very manageable. Um, Carlisle didn't really, and Walsall didn't. No, I think whilst so to counter that, I think you should give the defence that's been out there some credit. Um, um, and B, whilst we haven't been very creative, I think what we have been is quite structured and boring, which you know. For the players ahead of our back four or five, um, you know, we don't take a heck of a lot of risks. And, you know, McEachern, despite his small size, um, does a lot of good defensive work. I think Kane is a very disciplined player. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, I'm not saying Bruitt's, you know, a star man, but I mean, Right now, if you're looking to build a squad to play a back three or a back four next year, you're going to need four or five first-team centre-halves. Yeah, Minton 
continues to be the sort of you know up and comer, and then Bruitt might take his role in the squad as sort of third or fourth centre half. I think Clayton, as we've said, you know he looks like a, a mainstay for next year, hopefully. But yeah, is Bruitt better than Harry's? God, yes. And what I've seen, is he better than you know Baudry before he got injured? Probably. So yeah, I mean, we find ourselves in League Two next year, and Bruitt would represent a good squad centre half. Uh, McEachern, sign him up now because I think. Um, oh my God! Yeah, build it around him. Sign it. <laughs> sign the team. Yeah. <laughs> oh please! I'm gonna read out some listeners' feedback now. There will be noise in the background. I do apologise, but Craig says two mediocre teams delivered a cold platter of tripe. <laughs> We're million miles away from the club vision of a promotion-challenging team playing entertaining football. Helen says, lack of quality from both sides. Pretty poor, in all honesty. DV says, mad. Gav Gunning would have gone for it and probably got us the win. Uh, Tom Carter provides a sleep emoji. Uh, nothing about this side. No personality. Just average young squad who would be comfortable in the National League. Jojo SDFC says frustrating, lackluster, emotional, disappointing, and I'm the positive chirpy one. Uh, Doug says fourth tier is alive and well. Dull game, no quality from either side really, not exactly the exciting attacking football promise at the start of the season. Yet again, McEachern easily man of the match, but only really because everyone else was so mediocre. League two again next season then. John says we made Walsall look Good. So, man of the match has to be vacant. We all seemed way off. First touches generally poor. Lack of confidence, probably. Clayton passing poor again, but uh, but at least forward, nobody knew what they were doing or supposed to be doing, except Williams' second half slightly better. Steve Arman, who's usually a very optimistic chap, turgid watching, disappointing, season defining. We need better players. Too many bad passes in the first half. Defence looks shaky. Johnny Williams, man of the match, but a real hard watch. And finally, Russell, who said, we just don't have any threat. Hutton's crossing has disappeared and strikers look lost. McEachern was easily man of the match. He must sign. Just hope he is at the top of the spreadsheet. He's getting there. I will say, and we'll discuss man of the match in just a moment. Jody Morris said post-game, it's definitely not a happy point. Fairly happy with what we did in the first half. Started the second half really badly. I thought we had a 20-25 minute spell of just making far too many mistakes. We can't afford to waste big moments in games with mistake after mistake. It was sloppy, really. We looked better for the last 15 minutes or so. I can't fault their work rates and real good stuff off the ball. I can't complain about the application. It's a point away from home. Every time I listen to Jody Morris, Dan, I do get this feeling that he he's he's not happy with the squad or the quality or the depth of the squad. Um, no, um, snap. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the very least, he's he's seen the same game we've seen there, hasn't he? Um, I think he is a man who sets his standards high. Perhaps has been sold a bit of a kipper by Sandro and Clem in January. But, you know, the more I listen to him, the more I think actually it's going to, you know, double down and make sure he gets what he wants in the summer. I I, I still think, you know, as glum as we sound this evening, um, I do have a lot of faith 
in Jody Morris to deliver what we want next season, which is a genuine tilt at the top three. Um, so, yeah, it's, unfortunately, we're just going to have to wait a little while to uh, to do all that stuff <laughs> in the summer and next year. But, um, no, yeah. I mean, he's not completely absolved of blame for last night. You know, it's still a Jody Morris side. They still didn't put the foot on the accelerator uh, in, until too late in the game. And, you know, I think, as showed, the subs could have come 10 or 12 minutes earlier. But, you know, he's learning about the squad. You know, he's probably had Jeff Gott and Darcy and Shade knocking on his door saying, play me gaffer, play me gaffer. They've come in and they've let themselves down, really. In terms of man of the match, uh, George McEachran got the listeners' vote. Uh, there were nods for Johnny Williams and Tom Brewitt, amongst a couple of others. But McEachran uh, running away with it. I think he's getting the majority of the man of the matches in this uh, in this tail end of the season. So much so, he might end up the uh, the Lou Reed spreadsheet <laughs> player of the season at, at this um, at this rate, which would be quite. Well, it would be quite a statement, wouldn't it? So um, I think in the last six games, the listeners have given him four Man of the Matches. Are we agreeing? It's got to be gorgeous, George. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, outstanding player on the park. Um, You know, I can't can't think of anyone who's come close. Um, Clayton and Brewitt, solid at centre-half. But um, yeah... McEachran for me. Easy peasy. The spreadsheet front runner at the moment is Fraser Blake Tracy, which is about right. Second place, Ben Gadwin, who hasn't played for Swindon for quite some time. <laughs> uh, then then Johnny Williams and Sol Brin on eight points, and there are points. And then it's Romeo Hutton and George McEachran. George McEachran, who's been here for, what, a month or two? Uh, he, he is on seven points already, which shows you his contribution at this, uh, at this stage of the season. Um, We've we've mentioned it a few times now, and this part of the conversation is the season done, is what it's labelled. John Church says the season is done. Now it's important to work out who is worth building forward with. There are a few good players in the squad, and I think Jody needs a preseason for the style of play he wants with better fitness, which is a lot of what you've already covered on this. Is there any hope as as we as we walk to the to the grounds for the Stockport game and beyond. And there are some pretty big games at the county ground in terms of who we're playing and where they are in the division. Is this it? I think it is, yeah. The, my reason for saying that is Warsaw were horrid last night and we couldn't beat that. So footballing logic dictates we're going to spank Stockport 4-0, of course. Um, <laughs> but no, I just... Yeah. And lose to Rochdale. I, just, I look around the... Yeah, of course. I, I just look around the team last night. You're still seeing a semblance of, you know, a lack of confidence in various situations. This is a team that hasn't done a lot of winning lately. Haven't done a lot of scoring. Um, you know, you'd be better off being a team that scores a lot, who's ropey at the back, because at least you got the goals in the locker. But yeah, I think the points you made there about giving Jody Morris the tools in the summer, so players, and giving Jody Morris the pre-season that he wants. You know, give him the pen, let him put it on the whiteboard now. You know, 
How many friendlies do you want? When are you in for training? You know, can we sneak over to a Spain or a Portugal or something, do a bit of warm weather stuff? Like back in properly Swindon Town Football Club. Because one one thing that really hampered us at the start of this season was the summer. Losing Chorley, losing Ghana, appointing Sandro, taking an age to appoint our first choice all along, wink wink, uh, Scott Lindsay. Um, which, you know, meant we were behind in the transfer market. We had a weirdly, weirdly short, fudged pre-season. We played six games and two of them were on the last, the same day. You know, that wasn't good enough for a professional football club. Is it any wonder we got spanked at Harrogate, put half a side out against Warsaw because Lindsay was worried about, oh, we're tired. Oh. Come off it. Come off it. That was a terrible summer. We we need a proper preseason. Let Morris build the team that he wants, back him, and I think we're on to a winner next year. But you're gonna have to wait six months for that, town fans. Just a bit of patience, please. But yeah, this year has been a waste. Such a waste. An avoidable waste. Feels like it, doesn't it? Moving on, there have been some updates in relation to the season ticket debacle that Terry and I discussed um, last episode. So I, I suppose, Dan, the most disappointing thing is it wasn't an oversight in the initial literature. They they did try and hike the prices for disabled fans and a preference in the family package too, which quite a few people wanted. They are getting that now. Yes. You know, we've touched on it a few times this year. Behind the scenes, regrettably, we aren't we aren't acting like a professional football club. If me and you were running a football club, Rich, I think we would finalise the season ticket proposal and all of the payment options, and we would have checked it, checked it, double checked it. We'd have given it to someone else, fresh pair of eyes to look at, you know, fine tooth comb before you go out and do your biggest ticket offering of the year. This thing only happens once a year that you launch your season ticket. You know, you can't buy them online. You can't use a credit card. We don't know if it's Klarna, PayPal. You know, I used the finance option this year over nine months. It worked really well. I I can't see that that's going to be offered again. Um, The business with the disabled pricing, which... You know, I think all of us were trying to give the club credit and say it's got to be an oversight. It must be an oversight. In which case, you know, come out, hold your hands up. But no, it just leaves a bad taste. Because even though I'm sure most of those disabled fans and their carers will renew, you've just got that bad taste in your mouth about how it happened. And at the very least, we'll give some credit for the club climbing down. Because they have, fine. But it's another PR boo-boo in a long list of PR boo-boos. Um, and it just looks rushed, underprepared. Just please, Swindon, spend a hundred grand a year more on the wages of your backroom staff and run your club properly. Because if you run your club properly, you're gonna make a lot of that money back through running your club better and making more money. It's, it just happens too much for me, for my liking. These these sort of 
uh, oversights that we said. I was talking to a former Swindon Town employee, long time gone, never been on the pod, and we were talking about season tickets, and they they told me when they were there, the literature, the draft went to every single department who looked at it, reviewed it, put questions to it, you know, until it was ready. And I just don't get that feeling that that, that sort of um, correct, meticulous approach to it is is there. But well, oh well, yeah. I mean, and you're expecting this same football club to have a meticulous, thorough approach to hiring managers, to signing players, spreadsheet management. Sorry, I had to slip that in. Um, no, I just, yeah. Give me the impression, Swindon Town, that you are a well-functioning professional. Proper business, please. Mm, yes, please. Well, finally, Rochdale. Um, well, we'll be doing a presser in the next 24 hours. Um, but goodness me, um, they beat Stevenage a couple of weeks ago at home, so um, and they beat Bradford away, so we have to be a little cautious. And earlier this season, I think they even beat Salford too, so oh, surely not. <laughs> well what I'll give you I think on Charlie Austin's last visit to Rochdale in a Swindon Town shirt he scored Uh, so did Michael Rose Um, (laughs) go there just please take the shackles off you've got talent at the top of the pitch last night's team should have done better than it did and with Hepburn Murphy and Austin coming back in I anticipate Wakey might have a, have a bit of a rest blessing, but take the handbrake off. Spirit of Gav going in. Like, you're still in the building. I'm not saying 3-1-6, but, yeah, come on. At least now the pressure is off a bit. Enjoy it. Play. Score. Because you bet your life will still have 600 there. You know, entertain them. I'm not going. But, yeah, it's just... Come on, give us something. Give us, keep giving us those green shoots for next year. We didn't even beat Rochdale when Charlie scored. That was free, <laughs> free. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be all glued to uh, updates in the chateau, at the ground, wherever, and we'll, we'll cover it um, in in the days that follow. But until then, Dan, thank you very much. Thank you. Back to potty training for me. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 